All right, man, you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Uh, are you absolutely sure? I mean, you're making me unsure right now, but... Listen, th- listen, this is like Pandora's box. Once you open it, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. This shit can turn into a Star Wars podcast real quick. Collide, podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Travis. Hey. And I'm Justin. And together, we're just a couple of nerds. Couple of nerds. You heard him. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> just a couple of nerds. Just a couple of nerds. Uh, do you, uh, do you want to tell him what happened? There, there's a lot that happened. <laughs> so, we actually did record in episode five, and you know, reviewing back wasn't it wasn't the best. Uh, wasn't it? Was wasn't the best. It, it wasn't up to par. It wasn't up to par. You know, we like to move forward. We all, you know, we always like to take one step forward. This felt like a step back, and uh, you know, we uh, just decided. Get rid of it. Not the topic, but the the recording. We'll we'll yeah. we'll do the topic one day. But yeah, just just that recording of the topic. <laughs> we decided to scrap that. And then, and then, what the heck did happen? So we were supposed to record our first ever episode in person, which, which this is like behind the scenes stuff. So that in person was originally supposed to be episode six and then the one that we scrapped was episode five but you had to switch them so the in-person was going to be five which actually probably would have worked better you know episode five a milestone right yeah and then i went to an art exhibit and the person i went with texted me the next day and was like oh shit i just tested positive for covid you know that was cool and uh travis has a little baby i can't just be hanging around yeah. Um. Not only that, I don't know if we've ever explained it, but we do not live near each other. <laughs> we we record these remotely. Justin is in Michigan, and I'm down here in Texas. Yeah, I think we might have briefly mentioned that, but we didn't actually go into like full detail. But yeah, this Travis was visiting Michigan. It's gonna be the first time we ever recorded in person, and I got the stupid coat. Well, I didn't actually get it. I still haven't tested positive for it, but I was for sure like. I got it, dude. Cause we were we were in close contact, man. Yeah. Yes, we ultimately we decided to just play it safe. Even though when I was there you were again, you were actively testing negative, but that five day kind of grace period hadn't yet passed. So like you said, I, I have a small child and um I'm not in position to to take any unnecessary risks and ultimately we decided to to just uh, go ahead and cancel that session. So now we're two episodes behind schedule. <laughs> but luckily, we, we have uh, we have plenty 
plenty to talk about. That's true. Um, yeah, I can't believe I fucking forgot about that. That is a uh, my brain is all over the place lately. Um, yeah. So also, should we briefly mention that you might be noticing a bit of a leap in overall quality? Yeah, you know, we've been doing this now. We're we've been doing this now for coming up on five episodes. Well, technically, this is six with zero, but whatever. Anyway, you know, we figured... I would say we, I would say we have our 10,000 hours in, yeah? <laughs> I, I figure, you know, we're the rookies of the year. We should start acting like it. All we right? should start sounding like it. <laughs> That's why I'm going to wear a suit uh, from now on when we record all our episodes. <laughs> I am the fucking rookie of the year. Or I'll wear a Cubs jersey, like uh, the film Rookie of the Year. Either way, either way. <laughs> either way. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we got some new microphones. Yeah. I mean, we both got the same microphone again. <laughs> this time yeah. it was on purpose, though. <laughs> right. So we upgraded from, um, I believe the brand name was Pseudotech. Yeah, it was the Pseudotech ST800. It was just... um. A USB condenser microphone, which, I mean, they weren't bad. Yeah, they were fine. It was, but it was just, you know, a, you know, a startup one. Yeah, and condenser microphones are a bit tricky, just especially in the setting in which we record. We're not, like, in a professional studio or anything like that. We deal with, especially you living on a main road, you deal with a lot of background noise. Yeah, right behind me is a window, and past that is a main road where people like to vroom vroom all day. Yeah. So we uh we made we made the upgrade we made the jump to a dynamic microphone. Ooh! So now we get to get real up close and personal I to am, the microphone. I that am is so close to the mic. Okay, back it up, Justin. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am so close yet so far away. Um. So I guess that's kind of cool. Episode five is still kind of a bit of a milestone. That's like the episode where our quality took a leap. <laughs> I don't know. We might listen back to this and it might sound terrible. <laughs> we'll be like, this is, this is shit. Plug in the old mics. <laughs> Scrap it again. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to put up like a post that's like, we gotta take a week break. <laughs> We're taking a week off of uh, posting an episode because we have to make up three episodes now. Yeah, so we're behind, but you know, we'll catch up. Hopefully. Yeah. But but like we uh like we said earlier, there's there's no shortage of topics to get into. That's very true. That's that was a good segue. So when we were yeah. when we were trying to come up with a a topic that would, you know could uh appease us both from a uh a talking standpoint, I guess uh like a discussion standpoint as well as you know editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a few ideas, but the one that stuck was a review. Of the first episode of the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which quickly turned into a review of the first two episodes of the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, uh, and I cannot wait to finish recording this because I want to watch those other episodes. Yeah, I think there's four out now, right? Yep. So, I, <laughs> you can probably tell that I like it, um... <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna get more into that so yeah let's let's not jump ahead of ourselves because 
we should mention that we've been trying really hard to stay away from Star Wars. <laughs> like, yeah, we we keep finding ourselves to it somehow, and then we quickly back off. But we're gonna we're gonna dip our toes in, so to speak. Yeah. in this episode. Yeah, we're gonna dip our toes a little bit. It's not gonna be not gonna be our thoughts on the uh, the series as a whole. That that might come later though. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you should keep listening. You'll find out. Yeah, maybe you'll get to eventually hear me defend the prequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh darn it, Travis. Yeah. So, you know, it only took five or ten episodes, but today we're going to discuss. That's like the loudest or like the loudest score to a film ever. It's just <laughs> Yeah. It's good though. Uh but yeah, we're gonna talk about Obi Wan. Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. So right off the top, I I wanted to ask you, so this is this is the first you you did not watch Mandalorian or the Book of Bubba Fett, right? No. I haven't I've only watched the movies and I didn't want I didn't even watch Solo. I watched uh watched Force Wagons when it came out. Uh, it took me three years to watch Rogue One. I watched Last Jedi with you in theaters, and then I uh, begrudgingly watched uh, Rise of Skywalker, like three weeks after it was out in theaters, and there was nobody in the theater. Listen, I'm not going to take any Rise of Skywalker slander on this episode. <laughs> you we could just we could just skate right past that. You're, you're <laughs> going to get it soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then I never watched. Uh, Mandalorian or Boa Fett or uh, Rebels or Clone Wars or anything like that. So, okay. So, my knowledge so of Star Wars is basically the mainline films. Okay. Fair enough. And Rogue One, which is technically a side, which is technically the main. How dare you bring up Rogue One? <laughs> How dare you know that that wound is still raw? <laughs> I'm putting salt on it, baby. <laughs> it's not healed. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> So, so being that this is your first live action Star Wars series that that you've actually sat down and watched, what did you think of the production value? Oh, it was great. It looked exactly like a uh, a movie. It, yeah, let's say that it looks like the movies. It they they knock it out of the park. And Mandalorian is the same way. I can't vouch for the Book of Boba Fett because I haven't watched it, but I imagine it's the same overall quality. But uh, yeah, just the the production value for. For, so far for these live action uh Star Wars series have been have been movie quality. Yeah, even the the sequel trilogy looks really good cuz they use a lot of uh like practical effects as opposed to uh CGI. I mean, obviously they're going to use CGI with some stuff, but yeah, a lot of the costumes and uh spaceships and stuff like that, like when they're grounded are uh practical effects and they look real good. So before we get too knee deep into part one and part two of this mini series, should we very, very, very briefly we we stress very, 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 very briefly explain kind of our introduction to the franchise, our fandom for it, or what have you? Yeah, sure. Um, so take it away. Oh, I'll go. Okay. Um. Yeah, I love Star Wars as a kid. Like. My older brother had the uh, original trilogy on VHS. Not the, 
Not the stupid special edition one. With the uh, added CGI and stuff. I actually don't really like the CGI in the special edition, but that's a, that's a story for another day. But anyway, yeah, I uh, I loved it. I watched it all the time. In fact, <laughs> I uh, I used to like write out like plays, and they were literally just the plot of Star Wars. It was just like me writing what I could rem- like. I'd be at school, and I would write out what I could remember of the plot of all three films. But uh, I couldn't remember the character names, <laughs> which is something to this day I'm very bad at. I'm very bad at remembering character names. So I would just like write like their character name would basically be like a description of the person. It'd be like hero. And that was Luke. And then like <laughs> bad guy was uh, Darth Vader. And then uh, to call out my younger self, Lando Calrissian was the black guy. So, <laughs> yikes. I mean, to be fair, I was like five. So, <laughs> just like, he's the only black guy in, the, in there. Um, Lando's sweet, though. So, uh, yeah, man, I loved it. I watched it all the time. And then, then Phantom Menace came out, and I was really excited for that. I actually remember my brother uh, saw it on opening night. I was like, I was like so excited to talk to him about it, and I talked to him the next day, and he's like, "It was alright." And then I saw it, and I was like, "Hmm." And then uh, my fandom kind of faded with the prequel trilogy. Um, I wasn't too into Star Wars for a real long time. I mean, I would go back and watch the original trilogy, and you know, still it still holds up. But uh, yeah, it kind of faded with that. And then I saw Force Awakens in theaters, and my my uh, it renewed my interest in Star Wars. And then kind of the backlash against the Last Jedi and the Disney uh, movies and series, and just hearing about Star Wars constantly for over three years was awesome. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't <laughs> say awesome. It was more it was more uh, irritating and annoying. <laughs> Just could not escape anyone talking about Star Wars ever. And every article I was suggested on Google was like, Mark Hamill hates Star Wars. I'm like, this is upsetting to my childhood, but okay. And, uh, yeah. The oversaturation of Star Wars really got to me, and I had to take a break for a long time. Until now. So I would say for myself, I was also a fan of Star Wars at a very young age. One of my earliest memories, actually, is... I think I said it in the Pixar episode, but my aunt had the bo- the VHS box set. So one of my earliest memories is my parents borrowing it. And I, I can't remember if it was the special editions or not, but uh, I remember them borrowing it one day. And you know, if my memory serves me correctly, we, we sat down and we watched that whole, the whole original trilogy that day. Wow. So I, I definitely have a distinct memory of watching one of them. And kind of like that first time seeing Vader on the screen. And then uh, to fast forward, I was five when the Phantom Menace hit theaters. And then I was 11 when Revenge of the Sith hit theaters. So Star Wars was like very prominent in pop culture in those like formative years of my youth. You know, ages five to 11. Wow, you were 11 when Revenge of the Sith came out? Mm-hmm. That was 2005, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was born in 93. You were a youngin. Yeah. I was an oldie. Oldie but a goodie. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I was, I don't, I don't have any memories of going to see any of the prequel uh, films in theaters, but I might have. I do remember we had the VHS sets, though, for those, and I would watch them over and over again. That's probably why the prequel trilogy holds, like, a special place in my heart. But my love for the franchise was renewed and pretty much hit an all-time high with The Force Awakens when it was released. Went and see it in theaters. I think that was the first movie I ever went and seen alone. Oh, wow. And that, and that also was the first movie I ever seen twice in theaters because I went back with my fiance and watched it. Yeah, I actually went back and saw that twice as well. The The first time... <laughs> first time I went, I saw a uh, marathon of the previous six films leading into... Uh, I do I do remember you doing that, and I was super jealous that I didn't do it. That, that was a... That was an experience, I'll tell you that. But, you know, I'm not going to talk about that here. I'll talk about that some other day. But just know that my Star Wars fandom was so deep at one point that I saw seven movies... In theaters, all in one day. So, suck on that, nerds. <laughs> that that might actually qualify you as a bigger Star Wars nerd than I am. I mean, I haven't seen any of the... Uh... No, I don't know, because you, you, you enjoy the prequel trilogy, so you're probably a bigger Star Wars nerd than I am. And I own the entire saga in Steelbook. Oh, I didn't even know you had the... Uh... D- did you get everyone on Steelbook, even the sequel trilogy? Yeah, I have all the episodic films in Steelbook. Damn, that's awesome. For some reason, the Rogue One and the Solo One, like, those were actual limited editions, while all the other ones, the the regular episodic films were just, you know, you can get them anytime. Right. Yeah, I bought the uh, original trilogy Steelbook, um, so I have those, four, five, six, but, oh, I also have Last Jedi in Steelbook, but. I remember we pre-ordered that at the same time. Yeah, that was from Best Buy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Best Buy is exclusive for those. At least they were for the pre uh, the sequel trilogy. Yeah. But anyway, um man, you know what the craziest part about that uh marathon was was uh I fell asleep during uh <laughs> A New Hope, which you know, it doesn't matter cuz I've seen it so many times. But like the the way I fell asleep was like this. Like it was a uh, it was the part where they're at the uh where they're forming the plan to uh blow up the Death Star. I fell asleep and then I woke up and to the Death Star exploding. So it was just <laughs> it was like boom <laughs> I just wake up like, oh my god. Actually no, that's a lie. That happened in another one. What what happened with A New Hope was I fell asleep during their plans to blow up the Death Star and then I woke up to them getting medals for blowing up the Death Star. <laughs> And then it was just like, I'm like, oh, I missed the the entire climax of that movie. You know, one thing I've always wanted to do, and that I need to I need to check off the old bucket list is when people set a new hope, like on New Year's Eve, they set it at the specific time to where the Death Star blows up at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never done it, but I've always wanted to. This year might be the year. Might be the year. Actually, it might be the year. Who knows? You gotta introduce. You gotta introduce the gal 
to uh, Star Wars. Star Oh, she, she, she's already watched wow. them. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. I had plenty of time. When she was born, I took a month off, so. <clears throat> you're like, hey, and you don't, you're not going to remember any of this, but subconsciously you might. So we're going to watch this. Also, if if anybody ever wanted to attempt to pull my Star Wars fandom card, I named my daughter Leia. Ooh. <laughs> see, you see, you might be the the uh the Star Wars the Star Wars guy on this podcast. You are the Star Wars guy. Listen, I I told you before we recorded this can turn into a Star Wars podcast real quick. <laughs> I'm, I might not be as in tune with the franchise as I once was, but I could snap right back in. It, it It's easy. <laughs> God, man. I'm just going to say this. When I was watching the series, I was like looking up stuff because um, like as I get older, the more I think about, you know, movies and uh, them being logical, even though they're set in space. But whatever. Um, Something that always bugged me about A New Hope where, you know, Vader captures leia but he doesn't realize that it's his daughter and i was just kind of like i wonder why that is because he he like knew that luke was and then i you know i started going down a rabbit hole on reddit and was like reading about it for like a half an hour and then i was like all right man i'm entrenched this is <laughs> i'm back into it okay <laughs> here we are thanks a lot um yeah all right so to before we uh before we look at the clock and it's an hour later and we haven't gotten into Kenobi. <laughs> hey, we're only uh twenty three minutes, all right? I don't think we've we haven't done that bad. Yeah. I will say just to close out, like I said, my, my fandom reached an all time high with the Force Awakens and then it plummeted when Star Wars fell victim to the Marvel effect with Disney. Which if you don't know what the Marvel effect is, or you can't guess. It's when you take a franchise of films and you try to make everything connect. You try to make all the webs interconnect. So you have to watch like 40 movies to figure out the plot of one movie. Yeah. Or or at least like pick up on the small details. Yeah. And when you're that, when you're that knee deep into a fandom like I was with Star Wars and you kind of like hit that brick wall where it's like, okay, I really don't want to watch four seasons of the Clone Wars animated series because I don't enjoy it, but I have to if I'm going to get like all these intricate details and all these little backstories and everything makes sense. It's like you can go like you're at a fork in the road. You can either jump off and take a break or you can just dive head first and, you know, sit through four seasons of a show you're not really enjoying. And the problem with taking a break is... Like the franchise is moving on without you, so yeah, you're easily you're easily being left behind. Yeah, the longer break you take, the further behind you get, and unfortunately, that's what pretty much happened. Because then Rebels came out, and then the Resistance animated series came out, and then Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it just got it just became overwhelming to be a star wars fan so i just kind of became content with the fact of okay i'm a fan of the saga the films anything else that i consume that star wars is just kind of extra and i just kind of have to parcel it up that way because it 
there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I have so many other interests that I don't want to just only be consumed with Star Wars because it's just it's exhausting. Yep. I agree with that. But anyway, I say all that to say I really fucking enjoyed these two episodes of Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of good things about it. Um like I said, I had I didn't even want to watch it. Um, when it got announced or I heard about it. I don't even remember when I heard about it, but I definitely didn't want to watch it. Like I said, I haven't watched any of the other series or anything. And then I saw a clip where it kind of focused more on the Inquisitors, and that was intriguing. So I was like, maybe I should check this out. Then I I had a couple friends say that it was good, and then I convinced, I was like, we should just watch it. Let's just watch one episode. Come on, Travis, just one. Yeah, I, yeah, I really shook your arm there. I said, we should watch episode two, and you said, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't need that much convincing. Yeah, it <laughs> Yeah, it was really hard to just, yeah, like you said, just stop. Because I finished it, and then it was like, play next. You know, I had that scrolling icon on uh, my app on my phone, like, watch the next episode. I'm like, I can't do it. And I'm like close the app i'm like hey man <laughs> we should just do a what do you say but uh yeah it was it was good so let's uh let's get into let's get into part one so uh do you wanna well you i started that other one so you okay go go on. all right so so part one I felt like it was a bit slow at times, but I expected as much with the premiere episode of a new series. Yeah, they had to reestablish a lot of things and uh, like establish the day-to-day life of Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's funny because it was slow, but it started off with a bang, though. Yeah. Right off at the top, you get that summary of essentially the entire prequel trilogy. You see you know, Anakin's journey to becoming Vader. So if you're someone like Justin who doesn't like the prequel films, you know, if you ever want to do a Star Wars marathon, you don't have to sit through those three movies. You can just jump back and watch this recap and go on about your day. <laughs> that was actually really nice. And um, as much flack as I give to the prequel trilogy, they do a really good job of showing the metamorphosis of Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. So I appreciated that they... They focused more on uh, on that. I will say it seems like it's leaving the door open for more hate to come towards the prequels because, you know, to a new fan coming in, they might see that recap and maybe they haven't seen the prequels before. So they go back and they watch them <laughs> and they might be disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it is. Un- yeah, I don't know. Either way. The the recap was brilliantly done. And then right after that, you get the scene in the Jedi Temple, Order 66 taking place. We get that kind of uh, different view of it, because obviously we've seen it in Revenge of the Sith, but now we get to see it from a different angle. Yeah, that was really cool. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the prequel trilogy, is uh, the execution of Order 66. Yeah, and I, I, think, it, I think it did a brilliant job of... Alongside with the summary, it kind of, you know, those two things together did a good job to, like, show where the Jedi are are at or how they ended up basically in obscurity. 
So yeah, it, it started off with the bang, and then right after that you get the Inquisitors, which apparently play a role in the Rebel series, which I'm not familiar with, so this was my introduction to them completely. Yep. So we have the Grandmaster, I think that's? Grand Inquisitor. Grand Inquisitor, sorry. Grand, Grandmaster's a KKK thing, isn't it? Um, no, it's Grand Wizard. Yeah, the Grand Inquisitor. You know what's funny is in the trailers, I thought that was uh, Darth Vader. Uh, like, I saw, like, one trailer, <laughs> and, and I was like, Darth Vader looks fucking horrible. And for some reason, Disney Star Wars has a, a real hard-on for just n- not having people masked. Like, I I get it for, from an actor's standpoint that you don't want to act in a mask, but, like, it's it, I don't know. It just seems like Disney series are like, here's a guy in a mask. You're never going to see him wear this ever again. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we get the Inquisitors, and we're, we're introduced to Reva, who is the third sister. One thing I really liked about that scene with them in the saloon is they kind of, they established this theme of, like, the Jedi hunting themselves. Yeah, because of their compassion towards humanity, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice because it plays into uh, later parts of episode one. Yeah, and it also puts into perspective, like, you have to imagine the lengths that Kenobi has gone to remain in obscurity. Because they they make it seem like he's like that last big fish out there. Because I think Reva makes the comment like, um, we shouldn't shouldn't be hunting for scraps. And the, the Grand Inquisitor basically says, scraps is all we have left. So him being, I guess, like the highest bounty left, I suppose. I don't even, from what I can gather in context, it sounds like nobody even assumes he's alive anymore. Except for Reva. Right. I, I guess I I guess I just kinda thought if she believed that he was alive that there were probably other people out there as well. But but even still Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Even still, I mean, it was ten years, so he was alive at some point during those ten years. So you just have to imagine and, and you get to see it through other parts of the episode. Like you get the scene when the other Jedi confronts him in the desert and one of the first thing Kenobi says is you're drawing too much attention. Yep. You know, you're drawing too much attention to me, to my mission. And it just, it, it, again, it kind of shows like the lengths that he's going to remain anonymous and to remain in obscurity and out of sight, out of mind. Uh, another example of it is I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but when he's not quick to jump in and help with Leia. Yeah. Because he's just, he's loyal to his mission of watching over Luke and also remaining in obscurity because Luke's safety is dependent on him remaining anonymous, almost. Luke is called Luke Skywalker from the get-go, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's that's so weird to me that, I mean, I guess, how would they know? But, like, him being kept on... A strange plant. Well, not a strange plant, but him kind of being hidden while still carrying the Skywalker last name is a little odd. But um, but I mean, I guess by the time we get to a new hope, like nobody, nobody really remembers Anakin Skywalker. So yeah, I think it's partly that, but they definitely make it out to be that uh, Obi Wan's like a broken. He's a shell of his former self because of the front the uh. The death of his friend Anakin. 
Yeah, you definitely you definitely see those parts, you know, where he's still very much haunted. Like, yeah, and he yeah, cuz he has the nightmare about it. Um and then he he like straight up tells I cannot remember that guy's name. Leia's dad. Bale, Bale Organa. Okay. What Bale? Yep, Bale. Like B B A L E B A I L. Okay. Um so yeah, he tells Bale like I'm not the person I was 10 years ago, man. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I'm not that guy anymore. Do you think that was him actually believing that he's not that guy or him just like saying that, but like truly his reason for not doing it is to stay put and watch over Luke? Or do you think it's a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I think I think he he is loyal to his mission to protect Luke, but I also think he's using that he, he's he's using that as an excuse to not uh, do it be, on top of being so broken still. And you can see that when uh, Owen brings up Anakin as well. So, yeah, he's still he's definitely still haunted by the death of Anakin. And it, it definitely broke him down to a shell of his former self. I do think he's, you know, dedicated to protecting Luke. But on I mean, on top of that, you know, Owen doesn't want Kenobi in their lives. So, like, he basically is protecting someone that doesn't you know, need protecting. Well, I mean, he does, but he, he's protecting someone that he can't really interact with or even protect to an extent because, you know, he can't uh, get close enough to actually form a relationship and, you know, help him out with anything. Yeah. So his, his life stinks. Yeah, I guess. And and he stinks, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> he stinks. That was another one of my favorite parts of this first this first episode was that scene with Owen and Kenobi. Yeah, where he throws the uh what what was that anyway? I I mean I know it was a starship, but I was one I was like wondering what it was exactly. It was a toy. And I believe Well yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe it's the same it's the same toy that Luke was actually playing with in a new hope. Oh shit. I don't know the name of it specifically, but I believe it's I believe it's the same one. But yeah, um, I I really liked that scene because you you kind of always felt that there was that tension between Owen and Obi Wan. Yeah, but the we, new hope. Yeah, but we never, you know, we never seen it on screen, so it was good to see it here, and kind of get an understanding of what that issue is between them. Yeah, they do a lot of good things to fill in the gaps here. Star Wars, like, the original trilogy is great because you don't need a lot of filler. Like, you don't need a lot of gaps to fill in. It's just, like, once Luke brings up Obi-Wan and Owen, Uncle Ben, or Uncle Owen, sorry. Uh, Uncle Owen is kind of hesitant about his uh, him as a person and interacting, and Luke interacting with him. You just kind of chalk it up as, like, oh, he's a weird guy. <laughs> and then the the movie moves so fast that you don't even have time to think about like why Owen was exactly uh, hesitant about their their meeting or them forming a relationship, but this is this is good to fill in those gaps. So yeah, I liked it. And then about halfway through this first episode, we get what to me was the biggest surprise. We get young Leia. I was not expecting to see 
Leia anywhere near this series at all. I will yeah. I will say to put that in context, I also did not pay attention to any of like the press release, trailers, anything like anything centered around this series being released. I pretty much ignored it on accident, really. I just I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I hadn't so I don't I don't know if she was like announced to be a part of this series or not. Same. But either yeah. way, it was a big surprise to me and in my opinion, she stole the show. Like the minute she popped on screen, it like it was her show at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little Leia show. Yeah. She is so gosh darn adorable. Yeah. It's just I do like her little introduction. Um, how it shows like her getting ready, but really it's like her little friend, her little diseased friend. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Her just climbing up in the little tree. She has that little droid, which I read was a reference to a bird that Carrie Fisher owned as a child. But also people in the comment section were like, this isn't true. So I don't really know what to believe, but whatever. Yeah, she's great. She's a little, she's a little feisty, adorable little girl. I was also wondering if, uh, I mean, obviously she's great and adorable, but I was wondering if you were swayed more because of uh, your daughter being <laughs> named Leia. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that didn't play a role because it was like it was weird hearing the name Leia said out loud by somebody else, <laughs> like in a movie. So that that certainly like played a bit of a role. But Leia's always been my favorite character in Star Wars. Your favorite character? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't know the fandom uh, for Leia for you was that deep. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like the character Princess Leia, but uh, that's cool. I like that. My favorite my favorite character is, uh, I was going to say somebody so dumb. Jar Jar? That was my first thought, but then I was like, uh, how about uh, General Grievous? But I was like, General Greaves is all right. He's got those six lightsabers. No, my, yeah, it's always been a toss up between Leia and Obi-Wan, which is, I mean, this series is like the perfect storm for me. Oh, so yeah, the, you're eating it right out of their hand. Yeah. They're like, this is, this is for you. I'm Travis. just like, take my money. Do you have a premium subscription for Disney Plus? I'll pay that extra. <laughs> They're like, you can pay extra for, uh, uh, 4K. Yeah. 4K. You're like, sure. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see Lil Leia. I love little Lil Leia. L-I-L Leia. Lil Leia. <laughs> that reminds me of, um, you ever seen Parks and Rec? Yeah. So, uh, little Sebastian? Yeah, Lil Sebastian. Lil. Well, we'll do an episode on that because I fucking hate that show. I said it. Fucking hate what? it. What the fuck? Yep. Listen, you're only going to get so many of these episodes of me praising things, and I'm going to get right back to the hate. <laughs> the hate is strong with you. <laughs> yeah, so little Leia, she's adorable. She she was chewing out her cousin. Is, like, her cousin relevant to anything? I'm wondering. Is, is like, he a side character somewhere that I don't know about? No. I think that whole scene was just to kind of convey that she is force sensitive and in some way being able to like understand his like innermost thoughts. Right. And like how he's really feeling. So I, I I think that whole scene was just to to show that that she was force sensitive. 
and feisty. And yeah, and feisty. Man, she is. I actually looked up her age. She is 10 years old right now. So she was probably like nine when they filmed. She is so small. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is adorable. She was like running uh, after you know, her bail and uh, told her to go apologize. She's just moving real slow. And I was like, look at her. Look at those little legs go. And uh, then we get to probably my least favorite part of the uh, episode, which was uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I can't believe they... That's so wild they hired the basses from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, he's acted before, but it's still kind of weird to see. But uh, anyway, we get Leia going out into the woods. She is chased by three bounty hunters. And these fucking goofs can't catch a 10-year-old to save their life. <laughs> they were running so slow. <laughs> They're like bumping into nothing. Like, the biggest offender was the green one ran into a tree branch. I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> and then I think that same one tripped over a root, like extending out of the ground. I was like, man, what is this guy's per like this guy sucks. Just fire him. It looked like they were purposely trying to fall and slip and trip over things instead of like it naturally happening. Honestly, like they should have just had Leia climb the tree and then those three guys like are like below her like come on down and she's like no and like climbs up and then like the green one starts climbing up after her and then you can either have him catch her in the tree or she falls and one of the guys catches her. But her running real slow and three grown adults not catching her within 15 seconds maximum. I was like alright man you lost me for a second. Yeah. But uh other than that, I really don't have uh, any more thoughts for for part one. I really enjoyed it. I think it was a good a good introduction to the series. Yeah. Do you have anything else for part one? Uh, I mean, just minor nerdy nitpicks. Like at the end of the episode, when he like Kenobi flashes his lightsaber. Yeah. Like, what that, was that, that about? That away, God, <laughs> put that away. God damn it! I mean, I get why they did it because. It's a good shot, but... It's dramatic. Yeah. You know? It's a good shot, but in the context of the episode, it's like, come on, man. You just spent 10 years hiding and... Can you give yourself out within 30 seconds and, and of leaving you, the planet? You know, your lightsaber's dug up for 10 minutes and here you are flashing it around town. <laughs> I did. It was funny because when he pulled the box of lightsabers out, I was like, I hope there's there's got to be two in there, right? And then there was. I was like, all right, cool. That yeah. was a good little... Uh, that was a good good detail there. Yeah. A detail that could have easily been missed. And then me on Reddit would have been like, oh, there's supposed to be two in there. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a really good first episode. It's, I enjoyed it so much that I convinced you to watch the second episode. So no, it was actually so good. I watched it twice. I watched both of these episodes twice, actually. I only watched the first one twice. I meant to watch episode two twice, but I didn't get to it. But yeah, so so moving on to part two. Actually, do you want to take a little break and then we'll come back to two? Yeah, sure. We're going to break!
And we're back. We're back. All right. So part two. I thought it sucked. Whoa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be the end of the episode. Right. I thought it sucked. The end. It's mid pass. <laughs> I'm done with this series. Um, you know, I never even thought about Leia naming Kylo Ren Ben in honor of Ben Kenobi until until I saw your note. I mean, I guess subconsciously I knew, but I never like actually thought about it and was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I guess previously I just kind of associated that with more of like a Han wanting to name him Ben. But now with you know, with this series, it, it just changes it really. It makes it more meaningful. Yeah. That being said, how does this episode start again? So this episode starts with him, with Obi-Wan landing on that planet where Leia is being held. Right. Can't remember the name of it, but yeah, it basically starts with him landing and him realizing that he can no longer track the ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. And then that little kid's like, you want some information? You want some drugs? I got you. Let, let's just get into the fake Jedi. Because like, <laughs> okay, I get that in that world that probably existed but what a horrible fucking time to decide you're gonna take up the job of impersonating a jedi who are actively being hunted (laughs) i mean i think his thought was if he did get caught by an inquisitor they'd be like you're not a jedi and they would just like beat him up probably and leave him alone but also they might kill him so Right. You know, not a, not a smart idea on this guy's part. I mean, it seemed like he was making a comfortable living for himself, though. That's true. So I, um, the, I mean, I get it was a plot device for later in the episode, but you're right. It doesn't necessarily make, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering the Jedi are actively being hunted and killed. Yeah, because, I mean, if he was, I'm, I'm sure there are better ways to, to make a profit off of essentially seeing people getting people safe passage off of the planet. They probably just didn't want to re, uh, pull a repeat of like the Han trope where it's kind yeah. of just, uh, you know, a down on his luck sort of a, you know, scraggly guy who uh, transports things and people to safety. Cause I mean, they already had that essentially with, uh, they kind of made Poe and, for some reason, I kept saying Ren in my head and was like, that's not it. Um, So Ren. Mm. No, I just said it again. Finn. <laughs> Finn, 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 Finn. So they kind of did that already with Finn and Poe at some point and Rose and other people. So they probably were just like, we need to make something new. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like it didn't turn me off from the episode, but I was kind of like, hmm, okay. I do like the actor that plays him, though. Kumel, uh, I can't remember his name. I am so bad with names. <laughs> I'm so bad with names, Greg. I mean, Travis. So that, <clears throat> wait, who's Greg? I was making a joke that I forgot your name. <laughs> I was going to say, you got another podcast I don't know about with a guy named Greg? Yeah, it's called, uh, <laughs> it's called Greg Git, and I just get mad at Greg all the time. <laughs> Greg Git! <laughs> <laughs> So one thing about this this episode that like stood out is I feel like this this subplot in the series of like the Jedi can't use the force like they can't reach out in the force or else like that's 
a way that they can be found. I'm not 100% sure, but I also believe that's the plot or a plot device in the video game Jedi Fallen Order. Which I have no knowledge of at all. I've never played it, but I do remember like a trailer to that game where like the main character who's this Jedi in hiding, his journey is essentially kicked off because he has to reach out and use the force to save this person who he's working with who is like falling down a mine shaft or something like that. I could be totally off, but it's something, you know, to that nature. So that whole scene of like Leia falling and Obi-Wan finally using the force and reaching out to save her was it just like it made me think of that like wait a minute they've done this before just in a video game well that wasn't that wasn't the reason he was he got tracked though right it was because people were shooting at him and uh, Reva was on the rooftops watching it yeah but he was also actively not using the force yeah that's true because like she was like uh make me float and he was like no <laughs> In episode two, we get another goddamn slow chase scene. Hold on. This one, this one actually made a lot more sense considering it was on the crowded streets of that planet. But and also, he was actively being like hunted by the bounty hunters in the city, so he's trying not to be seen while also chasing this little girl who's making bringing a lot of attention to herself and therefore bringing a lot of attention to you, who's chasing her. So you're trying to keep up with her. But, like, also not bring attention to yourself. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It makes more sense than the first episode's chase scene, but I was still like, another fucking chase scene yeah. with this little girl. I, I was going to say, maybe if if we didn't have the chase scene in episode one, the chase scene in episode two would have, like, just gone by without comment. Like, it was like, okay, that was that was cool. That would have been it. But because we just seen a chase scene in episode one, that was terrible. <laughs> It's like comedic. I almost want to like download the uh, episode and like edit edit that chase scene from episode one and put the Benny Hill music behind it. <laughs> so it's just like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yeah. The only part I didn't like of the second chase scene was when they get up to the rooftop because like Leia's just slow as fuck again and uh, getting blasted at. I'm like, all right, man. I mean, I get it. They were more sure shooting at uh. Obi-Wan, but, uh, so it, I, I mean, I guess I didn't really have a big problem with it, but I was, it, it, like you said, it was because they just had that slow ass chase scene in episode one. I was kind of just like, all right, man, Leia, never run again. I'm done with you running. Another scene that stood out to me was when we see that clone trooper, you know, basically homeless on the street begging for money. I, I don't think that's something I ever thought about. It was like, what happened to all the clone troopers? when the Empire switched to Stormtroopers. Okay, so all the clones are just clones of Jango Fett. Correct. The Stormtroopers are kidnapped children? Yes. Okay. Or people who, like, enlist, I believe. Man, it seems like a waste to have all those clones and maybe... I don't know. They should have just used all those clones. I believe there was a reason that was explained at some point why the switch was made. It also could have just been that they probably no longer could make more. Right. Like, what was the planet that made them? Kanibo? I have I have no idea. That sounds about right. I mean, maybe the maybe the people there are just like, yeah, we're not making anymore. Star Wars planets where clones are made. Camino. Camino. I was almost. I was close. 
Camino became the center of clone production and training, making it a vital part of the public war effort and a key target for the Separatists. That's a lame excuse. What? Okay, so this is from ScreenRant.com, and it says the main motivation for the switch to stormtroopers was simply that cloning became too expensive. The cost of ordering, growing, and training clones were exorbitant, and their timetable to become full soldiers was lengthy. So I guess that makes sense. But also, if you're stealing kids from a young age, stealing them from their parents, I mean, there's still that timetable for them to become, you know, full soldiers, but you're not incurring the cost of the clone. Yeah, there's no production cost. Right. So I guess that makes sense, but I feel like there could have been a better reason. It's weird that they didn't use any, like, this makes it seem like they didn't use any clones. Because, right. you know, one's just hanging out on the street. How old were you when you realized the stormtroopers and clone troopers were different? Probably 10 years ago. It was, took, me, took me a while. <laughs> yeah, I was like in my early 20s when I realized that. Yeah. Um, and like it wasn't something that I actively acknowledged, really. Like it was just something I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. And Those then, are the like, guys that never kill anybody. <laughs> and then when... uh. When Force Awakens came out and, like, they made Finn a character, that's when, like, I actively was like, oh, yeah. Like, I knew it, but it took, you know, seeing uh, a stormtrooper be humanized to uh, make me figure that out. And I could be wrong, but that this scene with the homeless clone trooper, this could, I think that might be the first time we see a live-action clone trooper. Yeah, because before, they just have helmets on, so you don't even... The only clones you ever see are just Django, or sorry, Boba, right? Yeah, but you know, you're not seeing him suited up in, in clone trooper armor, armor, and in in the prequel trilogy, it was all CGI, right? Yep. Yeah, so this is the first time we see a live-action clone trooper, and I really like how, like, immediately after you see him, you see the stormtroopers walk by and just, like, pay no mind to him whatsoever. Yeah, we are we are the new force of the empire. That's 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 the old toy. You don't want him. Yeah, yeah. That's a really small detail that I really liked. That planet they were on reminded me a lot of uh the beginning of Episode Two, like aesthetically, which was cool. Yeah, I almost honestly wondered if it was the exact same planet. What was that planet that they were on? Part two. I'm on Wikipedia. The fake Jedi. Arrival to Dayu. Dayu, yeah, there so you is, go. Is Dayu the one from... I don't think so. I think in episode two, that was Coruscant. Interesting. Well, it has the same aesthetic as uh, Coruscant, but... uh, Yeah. Go ahead, well, what else about part two stood out to you? I didn't have a lot of notes because I just liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this episode because a lot of things, a lot of the moving parts were really logical. Like, they trap Kenobi on the planet. They realize, the Inquisitors realize they do. They shut down the planet. You'd already had that that interaction earlier in the episode with the fake Jedi. That fake Jedi helps Obi-Wan get to a cargo bay, to like a cargo ship to get out of there. So everything served a purpose pretty much, which was really nice. And then the part where Obi-Wan tells Leia to get to the ship and he'll be there in a second was really great with Reva like kind of stalking him and then the the reveal 
So I got a gripe with that. Yeah. So I, I will say I think the emotion that Ewan McGregor shows on his face in that scene is great. I think he sells it. But it just seems rushed. Like that that revelation just almost feels like it comes out of nowhere. And I get like this is a six part miniseries, so it's not like it's not like this thing that can like continue and it like it almost becomes this thing's like, okay, when is he gonna find out? When is he gonna find out? And that's something like you're clamoring for in each episode. Like, is this the one where he finally finds out? I get that we're not gonna be able to get that in a mini series such as this, but it's still in episode two, it felt rushed to me. That being said, I don't think it was bad. I just wish they would have went about it a little bit differently. I'm not gonna say it's rushed until I see what comes next. That's um, fair. Because, you know, I don't know what's coming next. Actually, somebody spoiled something for me. I'm pretty upset about it. But uh, I will I will say right after that, when when Kenobi's in the ship and he's like reaching out for the force and then like he, I guess, senses Anakin or feels him. And then it's like the camera switches to Vader. I, I really enjoyed that one. Like that, that scene was great. Yeah. You know what is interesting about that is he's in a tank. Like, mm-hmm. seemingly, like, being repaired, like, in some sort of repairment chamber. So I'm, what, I'm wondering if, really, like, Palpatine is controlling a lot of the strings so far, like, within the 10-year period. And this is the first time that Anakin is, like, waking up, being in, in charge of the Empire. I mean, if The Last Jedi has taught us, well, no, if Rise of Skywalker has taught us anything, it's that, uh... Palpatine is behind everything. <laughs> yeah, including uh cloning. I'm not It's funny like I hadn't even uh what am I trying to say here? I did feel like it didn't hit as hard when Revo or Reva meant like figured out that Anakin or sorry that Obi-Wan thought Anakin was dead, but I also thought I wasn't paying enough attention to it. So it's interesting that you didn't think it landed too hard either. You know, I think part of the part of the reason why it didn't work for me is I I was not hyped up about watching this series pretty much at all. I wasn't going to watch it for a while until you said, you know, hey, let's watch it for the show. And I'm like, okay, I need something to watch anyway. And of course, you know, as soon as I turned it on, I was hooked. But I didn't go in with like this. I imagine people that were like really hyped about this miniseries, like they were going in like, oh man, I can't wait for Kenobi to find out that Vader is alive. So when that scene comes, it probably works for them, for those who were hyped for this. For someone like myself or you, like we kind of went into this blind. We had no expectations. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. You know, we were familiar with the lore, the backstory, the overall character, but I think that lends to why it maybe fell a little bit flat because the hype wasn't there for that scene. Like, I knew it was coming at some point, but it wasn't like this thing that I was anticipating. Right. Yeah, same here. I wasn't anticipating that as well. I did, uh, I did... As you said, I did enjoy Ewan McGregor's acting when they finally get onto the ship and he's kind of just letting everything uh, letting everything settle in, all this new knowledge 
takes hold of him. There's also there's also this part in episode two, I want to say it's like midway through when like Ewan McGregor's just standing there and he starts doing that thing that Obi-Wan does where he just starts like playing with his beard <laughs> like while he's thinking and it's like, okay, he's he's back. Like he's right back into it. <laughs> it is really funny. Like they start off with the recap in episode one and a lot of it shows like Obi-Wan as Obi-Wan, like the person he's pretty much been for the entire like episodic movie series and then when we meet him he's like a shell of his former self and then like slowly in episode two you see just sort of the rebirth of him so mm-hmm. i mean i mean this is what this show is about just the rebirth of obi-wan kenobi yeah but i will say you know now that we're into it and now that we're watching the series like that that hype or that anticipation anticipation that i spoke of that i didn't have it's building like it's there now yeah what do you hype for i think uh i mean obviously the vader obi-wan encounter is gonna be incredible but uh honestly i'm just hyped for more more young leia (laughs) because i mean she to me i mean she stole the show in episode two she has these really brilliant lines. Like she in episode two, she says something to Obi Wan that was like, it was so brilliant. Was she? She said something like, "You think you're not giving away? You oh, think yeah. you're not giving away information because you're not saying anything, but really you're doing the opposite." Yeah, man, she got those force powers. Yeah, she has another line. I think in episode one, that's like, it, it's oh, it, it's it's the thing with the cousin when she like rips the cousin apart. <laughs> it's like, how old is this girl? <laughs> You know what we haven't touched upon, really, is that we see young Luke Skywalker, albeit from a distance. Yeah, but I've had enough of Luke. <laughs> Tired of Luke. <laughs> no, I mean, seeing Luke was cool, though, but I don't know. His, like, his introduction is so fucking cheesy. Yeah. I was just like, all right, man. He's just so overshadowed by Leia. I mean, Vivian Lydia Blair, which I believe is how you pronounce her name, which she was just the perfect choice for that role she does kind of look like young carrie fisher too like i saw two pictures of them side by side i was like and i think she just like she she perfectly encompasses like all that stubbornness that like carrie fisher brought to that role yeah man she is uh they did good in casting with her yeah she's gonna be she's gonna be what um well i can't say because you haven't watched mandalorian i haven't watched it i wonder if they're gonna keep like, as long as she's acting, uh, I wonder if they're just going to keep bringing her back and then using CGI to replace her face with, <laughs> with Carrie Fisher. I hope this is it, because I really enjoy it, and I don't want it to get oversaturated to the point where I hate it. <laughs> you don't want Little Leia, the animated series? No, not an animated series. I have no interest in watching any of the Star Wars animated series. Where it's just her being chased? No. Her little legs moving? <laughs> I mean, I might, I might put it on for my daughter to watch. Little Leia, aw, Little Leia watching Little Leia. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Part of me wants that to be a thing now. Um, what else about episode two? Um, so the only other thing I had written down is that I episode two left me wondering if this would have worked better as a movie. I don't think so, honestly. I think there's six episodes. I mean, they're like forty minutes a piece, so. You're looking at roughly, if they were going to make it a movie, it was going to be another trilogy. If they wanted to do everything that was in these episodes and, like, 
I'm done with trilogies, man. Just uh, give them, a, give them, a, give them a rest. Okay. I do think television allows you to tell a more complex and deeper story. So I'm fine with it being a television show. Yeah, my biggest gripe with it being a series is that Disney Plus drops them episodically, and they don't just drop the entire season. Like, I I want to binge watch the entire thing. I don't want to wait a week. I don't even understand why they do. I mean, they're trying to get more views, I guess. But like, wouldn't you get the same amount of views if you just dropped it? But I, I guess you wouldn't get return. Yeah, I think they're just trying to like steer away from people just like signing up for a free trial binge watching it and then canceling their subscription Mm, interesting that probably plays a role but interesting disney needs more money right (laughs) but i don't i don't have uh i don't have anything else for part two yeah part two was good i'm excited for us to finish this recording and i'm gonna watch three and four tonight i'm probably gonna watch them tonight at work yeah i probably will too and then I'll just message you like, these are good, or what the heck? <laughs> no, <laughs> what the heck happened? No, you're going to do that thing we always do where <laughs> to get each other's attention, we just write each other like, man, and then we just <laughs> leave, and, and then we leave it there and we wait for the other to respond. <laughs> and then we, that's, that's my go-to move, man. Uh, man. That's when you know something's up. Man. It's funny because sometimes we won't get back to each other right away. And like, I'll write you, man, and it'll be like two hours later. And then you'll write me back. Like, okay, now I can tell. Because <laughs> it's like, I need your, I need your full attention when I tell you. <laughs> oh, my Walmart order was delivered. Oh, nice. What'd you get? Uh, Super Mario, or sorry, Mario Strikers Battle League for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice. Yeah, is that, excited to blow up. Is that going to be your random recommendation? <laughs> I haven't played it yet. I can't recommend it. Speaking, um, speaking of random recommendations. Oh! I got there. We are, we are <laughs> I rookies. I don't have one. Same. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I really I, don't. I, I don't. I haven't been doing anything. I haven't been reading. The only thing I've been watching... There's been Kenobi. I feel like uh, I haven't been like really watching TV. Like I watched all of Stranger Things, including the new season that just came out or part one of season four. I watched that all within a week. I watched the entire series of an anime called Death Note. I watched the two episodes of Kenobi. I watched seven episodes of New Girl. Yeah, I am I am fully into television right now. It is wild. Oh, and I watched uh I watched two other series too. I watched Flight of the Concords and I watched Pushing Daisies. So I'm like fully into television right now. New Girl, that's with Zoe Deschanel, right? Yep. That show's good. I like that show. That it show. uh it made me uh it made me gut laugh at work yesterday cuz just so fucking weird and awkward and like Schmidt's my favorite. Parkour. <laughs> yeah, Schmidt is great. I honestly like all the characters. They just introduced uh, Justin Long's character, Paul, I think his name is. Nice. And he's he's like the exact same character as uh, Jess. Yeah. And I'm like, this is good. I like this. You know what? My random recommendation is going to be uh, the series Pushing Daisies. Psych, it's going to be the series Death Note. Which I actually finished, so I can give a recommendation on it. 
So uh, Death Note is an anime, a, a Japanese anime about a young student, Light Yama, or Yagami, sorry, Light Yagami, who picks up a mysterious notebook that has the words Death Note written on it. And he reads the notes and it says, uh, the, the pr- human's name who is written in this Death Note shall die. And so he starts experimenting on criminals and they start dying. And he is overcome with greed of being basically a god who can control people's lives and decides to start just killing all the world's criminals to make a better world for everyone. Which, you know, in theory is, you know, his intentions are really good. He wants to make a better world. But also, you can't just go around killing people. So then he starts getting investigated by the police, specifically like the top detective in the world named L. Um, that series is intense. Like there's, it's kind of like a detective show, like who done it. It's basically uh, two characters trying to hide their identities from each other for a real long time. And it works really well. There's a lot of parts that dip in quality, but then they bring it right back up. It's on Netflix. I should say that there's also an American movie adaptation of Death Note that looks really, really bad. And I haven't watched it, but I hear it's bad. So watch the anime. It's good. That's my random recommendation. All right. I I don't think I've recommended this yet. I probably should remember because we've only did five of these. No, I haven't. Okay. I'm going to recommend a podcast. You know what? I think I recommended it like when we did one of our test recordings. That's why. Anyway, I'm going to recommend a podcast called The Losers Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Go I'm, ahead. I'm swinging all the way from, from one side of my fandom with Star Wars all the way to the other, Stephen King. Um, So The Losers Club is basically just a Stephen King podcast. All things Stephen King. They are slowly working their way through all of his novels. I think currently they're right around like the early 2000s. Um, They're right in there, but they, they do other episodes too. And this podcast has been going since like 2017. And they actually just released an episode where they finally got an interview with Stephen King himself. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was funny. A few, a few months ago, he, he like kind of, uh, tweeted about the podcast on on Twitter, which is kind of like the first indication that he was aware of it. And then just a a few short a few short months later, he um he did an interview for him, and he did an interview for another Stephen King podcast too. So I thought that was pretty cool. But so this basically is just guys going over his uh bibliography, all his works and stuff, or selected works, I guess. Yeah, so it starts out, like, the earlier episodes, it's a bigger group of friends. And then, you know, as the podcast grows, they they kind of, you know, they, they switch off. Some people do some episodes, some people do the others. But, yeah, it's, a, it's essentially just a, a group of friends um, going through, combing through all of Stephen King's works, giving in-depth reviews, backstory information, stuff like that. So, it, you know, if you're really into Stephen King, You'll uh you'll feel at home here. You can go all the way back and start with episode one where they do carry. You know you can fast forward to you know they have episodes about the new Stand miniseries. They have episodes about the series on Hulu, which is Castle Rock. Pretty much anything Stephen King related, you can find it here. So that's my recommendation: The Losers Club. The Losers Club. 
starring the losers and Stephen King for an episode. Starring Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I wonder if there's ever going to be a biopic about uh, Stephen King. I imagine so. Where it's just like a guy doing cocaine and writing. One of the things I like most about Stephen King is he just like embraces like <laughs> his coked out here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when was his uh, coke ear? When were uh, Stephen King's coke ears? 80s, 90s. So this was after he got popular then? Yeah. He could afford cocaine. Yeah. It's crazy that, like, when you think of, like, uh, you know, people doing cocaine, it's like businessmen and, you know, high, high-end businessmen is just just thinking about an author, like, writing and just doing cocaine on the side is, like, hilarious to me. He's like... And then Cujo. Okay. Uh, hold on, because it's hilarious that you brought up Cujo because he, Stephen King has said that he does not remember writing Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that that was the one I picked. Yeah. It, it was funny. I was going to say Carrie at first. I was like, no, nah, that's pre Coke. <laughs> oh, no. He might have been a Coke, but I don't think so, though. So. You got a got a double dose of my fandom. Yeah, Stephen King and and Star Wars all in one episode. All in one. We do we do it all, folks. We talk about Star Wars. We talk about cocaine. Oh man! All right, I think, I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's a wrap on this episode. All right, guys, thank you for making it to the end of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to tweet us how you've been nerding out. You can find us at Nerds Collide Pod. We're on Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram. And it, I said that. No, I know. I was just repeating. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, don't don't step on my... Did, did, I, did I... You know, I mean, I guess I kind of did jump in the intro, but we do that naturally. I'm sorry, Travis. I'm keeping, okay. I'm keeping all of this in. So anyway, before I was brutally interrupted, <laughs> the term nerd is rated E for everyone. <laughs> so find your passion, embrace it, be the fucking nerd that you are. Fucking nerds, man. Hey, man, nerds rule the world. <clears throat>